Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now, new plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now, 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Good morning, everybody. It is time once again for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends 810 with the Garden Wise guys. Jim Borland, that's me, and uh, Keith Funk. He's over there. I am over here. We should have a drum roll What are you for doing that. over there? I don't know. I'm waiting for the drum roll. And here they are. Oh, that made an echo. I, I assume everybody <laughs> turned their clocks back or forward or something, whatever, because we're no longer in daylight savings time. We're in daylight losing time right now. We are losing time. We are we? losing time. It's it's going It's... It's it's going to continue getting dark earlier, mm-hmm. or something, <laughs> and later too. Both of those happen. Yeah, for at least another <clears throat> well, more than another month. And now that we've had an eclipse, I think that screws it up even more. Yeah. <laughs> did we're you gonna, look? We're going to have high tide in Colorado. <laughs> I guess. Did you look out look out at the eclipse? I didn't. I forgot about it. Oh man! But my father-in-law took great pictures. I so. know. I saw those. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> up close it's, it's in blood so it's, it's there yeah i went out and and went out and i don't know you know i had to get up in the middle of the night decided oh what the heck i'll walk outside and take a look uh-huh it was yeah i've seen better <clears throat> in my youth and hey yes, but it didn't ha- it hasn't happened for how many hundreds of years 588 years it's uh, and that and that pertains to the length of the eclipse uh-huh and uh, it'll be another 588 years before the next one. Before the next mediocre be- one? Before the next <laughs> mediocre one, yes. Okay. But I've seen them before, and it's pretty cool. <clears throat> pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to get in a jet plane and fly to South America or wherever to see it perfectly. Uh, I was wondering uh, why there or when or where one would see the... I don't know that you can see it anywhere, the full eclipse of the moon. Maybe, maybe, maybe up in space. <clears throat> but there it, it, it happens. Let's, with ta- let's contact Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> see if we can go up and watch it. Yeah, let's go up space. and watch it next time. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Didn't think about that. I'll have to save my money. <laughs> it only costs like a million dollars a I know. flight or something. I'll have to save my money for the next 300 years. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> hey, we finally had a hard freeze at home. Yes, we did. 17 degrees was our low. Oh, my. Yes. I was a little shocked because the day before, it was, as I recall, it was really a nice day. Mm-hmm. And that morning, the, de- the day before, I think it was 53 degrees at sunrise. Hmm. And the next day, 17 degrees at sunrise. I know. It finally killed my spider plants that were outside. Oh. They'd still been looking good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're all, they're all mushy. Yeah. And limp. Well, it, 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 it is the November the 20th, you know. Mm-hmm. I when, was wondering. When, when you think about it, japers, crapers, that's pretty late for a, a first hard freeze. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, you know what I found on my patio yesterday? A dead cat. Well, you got part of it right. <laughs> okay. A dead vole. Really? 
That's the only gun a good vote you have. Yeah, is a I dead so. one. And why, how, what, what do you attribute that to? I have no idea. I have, I'm assuming that something like a <clears throat> bird caught it like a hawk or something and dropped it. Oh, man. You blame the birds for everything. It was just you? laying there in the middle of the <laughs> patio. The dogs looked at it like it was something disgusting. <laughs> And still wouldn't go up to it. <laughs> they sniffed at it. Alive and dead. It and ran off. ran off. Ran <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, no dead voles at my house. No dead anything, as I recall. Nope. Nope. Just just ran through my, my, uh, my memory, and that doesn't take very long anymore. <laughs> no, tell me about it. <laughs> now, I got my, my front yard is all cleaned up for, for the winter. Not not pristinely clean like I will do eventually in the spring, but yeah. a, a rough clean. It's got it's got to look good since it's the front yard. You know, you, have, you sort of have to keep up appearances, right? But I did leave a lot of stuff up. For now, you'll get a ticket for that. Let them give me a ticket. What are they going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Garnish my wages. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to court, all we'll get is experience. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Hey, one of the things I have to mention here, and I was going to mention it later on, but why not? Let's do it now. Oh, by the way, we have a, a garden show going on here. I didn't say that. 303-477-2473 is our phone number to get in here with your garden questions. That's two people have already. Yes, they have. But since I've already previewed this, um, there is a new... Redbud on the market. I saw a picture or, of that. Or, or will be soon. And this one was strange in that it won essentially first place at the Chelsea Flower Show in England. That's unusual. First place in what category? Uh, bestest of all. Bestest of all, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yes. Ooh. It's, it's, uh, let's see. It was the plant of the year for, for 2021. Okay. It's called Flamethrower. Flamethrower, and I have I have pictures right here, but also a better picture on our Facebook page. Go, mm-hmm. go take a look at that. But the foliage, that's the leaves, um, <laughs> are are red and and, and yellowish and greenish and and other, and other colors. All, all you don't have to wait for fall. Something struck Keith's tickle bone. <laughs> He's got the rest of us laughing now. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> but, if, but if you happen to move to England, it's called something else. It's called Eternal Flame in the in the U.K. Eternal Flame or <laughs> yeah. Flamethrower, huh? Uh, either one will get you there. I don't know why they do that. Give you different names in different countries, but what can I say? Well, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a plant patent attorney. Yes. And I didn't realize that you have to, if, if you've got, say, a new lemon tree, mm-hmm. you have to patent it in every country yeah. individually. Yeah. It's not just one patent that covers the entire earth. <clears throat> That's true. <laughs> I said, I did it. <laughs> I said, you have, to plat- you have to patent it in every country that you want to sell it in? Yeah. <laughs> I said, That's amazing. And, she, and his wife says, Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God. That's what, pay, that's that's what, what pays, pays the bills. Feet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at, last, at last note, there, there was a lot of countries in this world. <laughs> there are. Although I don't think you would have to do much in the way of uh, Central Africa. They're probably never going to be popular there. Lemon trees? 
Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm back to flamethrower again. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> or, or no, no, no. I wouldn't think so there. No. But anyway, well, we've got people on the line. And also, you have to prove that it's different than anything else that's ever been patented. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Um, the easiest way these days is DNA. Yes. And I asked him about that DNA, and and so far he said he hasn't really gotten into DNA sequencing issues with plants. Uh, somebody's got to pay for it. It ain't cheap. Oh, no doubt. Um, so I, don't, I you know, that's part of the business that that we're in that I don't know. I know very little about. So well, and there aren't very many people <clears throat> that do plant patenting. Pat pat. pat. Patenting. Now it yes. sounds now it sounds funny. I'm not going to say it anymore. Let's go out to the phones. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's see. We've got Jim and Littleton waiting to talk to us uh, about something. I'm I'm not quite sure what. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. I'm talking about uh, planting seeds from both annuals and perennials. Yeah, it's my old eyes. I can't see. Okay. And so. um, I've collected them from some of the neighbors. Um, you know, uh, zinnias and. Uh, daisies, columbines, snapdragons. Mm -hmm. My my question is, uh, should I? Uh, is there a rule of thumb uh, waiting to the spring to plant everything, or can perennial seeds be planted now in the fall uh, and annual seeds in the spring? Or what's the rule of thumb? Where that there really is no rule of thumb. Uh, where do you intend on planting these or sowing them? I guess is a better term. Uh, sowing them is correct. Just broadcasting flower beds. Uh, oh, around. outdoors. Okay, you can yeah, do you can do that in the, the fall. Uh, one of the one of many drawbacks is that uh, seed is seed, and birds love seed. Yes, that's true. Um, so what do we do if you want to go ahead with that? I would rough up some ground uh, with uh, with your garden rake or something, and sow the seed, and just very very lightly turn your rake over and just go over it very lightly. Right. So, yes. Yeah. So that the seed has what they call Seed to soil contact. Contact to the, to the soil, yep. yes. And pref um, preferably with at least one of those you mentioned, uh, keep the soil moist throughout the winter. Okay. That can be a hard part. Yes, it would be. Uh huh. But there are many annuals that will just stay there as dried seed until weather turns uh, next spring. Now, I don't know. Will zinnias make it through the winter? Uh, they may not make it through. There are a number. Well, yeah, that was one plant that you mentioned that may not make it through as a seed outdoors. Oh, right, yeah, so that's why I was wondering if I, if I should wait until the spring to plant, like the zinnias and some uh, cosmos and other things. Yeah, the, the things you've mentioned so far, you could wait until spring to do it. Okay. Some are going to take longer to germinate, and others are going to come up right away when we have the right conditions. And then you'll also want to maybe do a little research online as to what the seedlings look like for each of those individual plants so that when they do come up, along with the weed seed that will come up, You'll be able to distinguish one plant from the other and, and pull the right ones. Yeah, because that is part of the problem. Um, I already have some wildflowers growing out there, and the birds love it. And, of course, they bring the weed seeds in with yes. them. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been a problem. See, I'm not the only one that blames the birds. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you got started. <laughs> oh, birds, birds bring in everything. Yeah. Including the neighbor's cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, if you, if you come up with other seeds that you collected... Uh, you might want to, you can research them online too, see what it takes to germinate. Some of them require being in the ground over the winter, moist. That, that's what I've heard. That's what I thought. That's why I was asking this question. But the ones that you mentioned, uh, no, they'll just, they'll come up in the spring. All righty. Yeah, late spring with some of them, like you said, zinnias, I don't think I'd sow them outdoors until probably 1st of May. All right. 
But the, uh, the Aquilegia, the Columbine, you could sow those out anytime. You can work the soil next spring. Yeah, I figure they, they bloom and go to seed naturally um, in the late summer. Yeah, they do. Like that, and so. the seedlings are fairly cold tolerant. Okay. Whereas in zinnias and uh, what else did you mention? Marigolds. Co- marigolds. Cosmos. Are, cosmos are, are not. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> we'll, we'll see what we can do to brighten up some of the edges of the yard then. There you go. All righty. Oh, and be sure to thin them out. Don't don't leave every seedling that comes up. It's just it typically is just too much competition uh, for the and and they uh, especially things like marigolds and cosmos and zinnias that'll come up as thick as fur on a dog's back, and and oh. you really got to go through and th- and you know thin it out to the strongest plants and give them the best chance of survival. Okay, that's a good point, and it's hard to do. As far as mentally wanting to get in there. And they came up. I'm not going to pull them out now. Yeah, and you want to say your first thinning will be like, oh, two or three inches apart from each other. And you got to think what this is, what this one seedling is going to look like when it's full grown. Oh, yeah. And then thin thin them accordingly. Okay. And you might, you know, do do a partial thinning and then a few weeks later go do some more thinning. And so that because you're going to have some natural losses as well. They may come up, but then a certain percentage of them are going to die off naturally anyway. So you don't want to do a, a full finished thinning the first time. Right. You're right. I don't want to look at uh, a manicured <laughs> flower bed. I just sort of want to look at a wildflower type area. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Good. All righty, we'll, we'll have, give it a try and see have what we fun. can do. Oh, yeah, All you'll right. you'll learn a lot doing this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh-huh. Appreciate yeah, it. By the time you do it for the 10th time, you'll have it down mm-hmm. pretty pat. And then you'll move on to something else. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. You'll, you'll probably want to then go off and raise ducks or something. <laughs> I, it was interesting. I remember my, as, as a kid, I think I was in grade school. And I'd, I'd take a whole stack of envelopes and a pencil, and I'd wander around the neighborhood and collect seed off of <laughs> people's plants. And I'd knock on doors, can I take a cutting? You know? <laughs> and sometimes, I remember one gal, this beautiful wax begonia in her front yard, and this was in the fall, and it was, well, of course, it was waist high on me then. <laughs> but it was a big plant. And I, I asked for a cutting, cause it, and, and she said, oh, just, just take the whole plant. It's going to freeze. So just take the whole plant. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so big. Where was I going to put that? I, yeah, really. Good question. Oh, I, I went through that, too. Yeah. Stealing, not stealing plants, but borrowing plants. Or mm-hmm. Moving them, transplanting them, and thinking. And not thinking. That was a problem. Not thinking how big it was going to get. Well, in junior high, back in the day when I was in junior high, Phys ed was a requirement. Mm-hmm. Everybody took phys ed. Yeah. So <clears throat> on phys ed days, you had your gym bag, right? Sure. On the way home, guess what? I'd stuff the gym bag full of. <laughs> <laughs> People would discard irises out in their back alley and all sorts of things. Yeah. You know, you'd find just piled up in a trash pile out in mm-hmm. the back alley. I always went down the alleys. I never went through the, <laughs> you know, normal down the street. I was in the alleys looking for stuff. I was a weird kid. <laughs> we didn't have alleys. Really? Yeah, so you were one up on me. No alleys where I lived. Hmm. Trying to think where That's was where you dumped your car oil. <coughs> <laughs> of course. 
I'm trying to think. I don't know that in our entire town, I have to give this some really serious thought here. I'm not sure we had any alleys anywhere. Hmm. Our entire city, there was no alleys. That's where all the trash cans were. <clears throat> That's true. And the trash trucks went down the alley and picked up your trash. Yeah, well, we brought our trash can from the backyard to the, to the street. Well, see, that makes more sense because every time you wanted to take the trash to the trash can, you had to walk all the way to the back alley to dump the trash in the trash can. How many trips did you make to fill that trash can? (laughs) Which is what I do now. Yeah. (laughs) We do have alleys where I live. Uh That's where they had the cat fights, too, in the alley. Yeah, the cat cat fights, fights, yes. And that's where you got your hollyhocks. Hollyhocks and uh, and the poppy. Yeah. Both of those are are, are alley plants. (laughs) Yes. And larkspur. Don't forget larkspur. Uh, We we still have a, a clump of... Of poppies in our in our that are now in the alley, they've been relegated to the alley because they just get everywhere once they get into the normal garden, and they bloom like crazy, nice big orange flowers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, every now and again, kids would come by and pick flowers for you know for mom. Yeah, not unfortunately, they don't last. <laughs> not realizing the petals would fall off before they got home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day, folks, it's all you get out of poppies, and one day is all you get out of the entire family. I think. Is that right? I think so. <clears throat> yep. Even some of our so-called native poppies. One day for the flower. That's it. Oh, speaking of poppies, I have California poppies blooming in my in my yard right I'm now. I'm not surprised. They're stupid. They are stupid. <laughs> well, it's from California. What do you expect? <laughs> and they're not a true poppy, so they just look like one. <clears throat> well, they're related. Yeah, but they so. do last more than a day. Anyway, uh, speaking of days, we have Doris that has been waiting days to talk to us. Good morning, Doris. Hi, Doris. <laughs> Good morning, Keith and Jim. How are you today? All right. Good. Good. Well, you know, I had asked you about my red stick dogwood quite, oh, a couple months ago. Well, that has gotten to be such a huge thing, and now it is sending sprouts, all suckers, all over my lawn, yeah. about 20 feet out from the base of the tree. Yeah. And can how can I get rid of those? And also, would I be able to dig some up and transplant them? And if so, how do I do that? Well, number one, you're not going to be able, I mean, to get rid of the suckering, you'd have to get rid of the root system of the, of the mother plant, which you don't oh, want to do. no. Because no. they're coming up from the roots. Those roots are important to the plant. Yeah. And, and this is just a characteristic of this plant. That's the way it naturally grows. So you're not going to be able to stop it from doing what it's genetically programmed to do. Okay. So a sharp shovel, whenever oh. you see one coming up, just sever it underground oh. and, and yank it out. But as far as transplanting, Jim, what, what do you think? Uh, you, can tr- you can transplant them, but the problem is that many of the suckers, when they come up, if you dig up the sucker, you'll find out there aren't any roots there, except for the oh. main root going back to the mother plant. Oh, okay. okay uh, so what you can do <clears throat> is uh, if that sucker comes up, Take a sharp shovel and drive it into the soil. So let's say about a foot away from the sucker between it and the mother plant. Okay. Drive it into the soil and then walk away. That will cause the sucker then to form its own roots because it's no longer attached to mommy. Oh. And then later, it could be that fall or or the next spring, you can probably go ahead and dig it up and find there's plenty of roots to support that plant. How clever. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. That's, that's, that's kind of outsmarting mother, mother Nature. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And now, 
As long as you're okay with severing the umbilical cord between a mom and its baby. (laughs) I'm not going there. (laughs) Okay, doctor. (laughs) Okay. Well, that is really a very good idea. You can do that with with any suckering plant, including things like aspen. Oh, no kidding. Oh, great idea. Okay, that's very sensible, and I can understand that. Thank you both, and have a wonderful day. And let's hope that fall gets here pretty soon because it's getting a little bit much to have things blooming I know. At this time of year. Uh, yep. I know. Well, maybe for Thanksgiving. There you go. All right. Okay. Thanks, well, Doris. Have All a right. good one. You and too. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, if this keeps up for any length of time, um, spring will be here. <laughs> My eternal fragrance, Daphne, is in bloom. I know. They're stupid. And I also, at... One of my clients' house, their um, manzanitas are blooming. Yeah, that could be. Yep. Beautiful pink flowers. Yep. They they set their flowers, I want to say June, July. You can see mm-hmm. next year's flowers. Yeah. They call those nascent. N-A-S-C-E-N-T. Mm-hmm. Nas- nascent flower buds. That just means that they form really early, like the year before. Mm-hmm. But they're blooming now. They should be blooming next I know, spring. You, you can... Tribute. Not all of them. No, no, you can attribute that to our our screwy fall. Mm-hmm. It's been really nice, though. Well, I'm looking outside, and it looks like we've got another nice day today. Mm-hmm. Nice and sunny. Have you got all your bulbs planted? I didn't plant any. I'm talking oh. to our listeners. Oh. <laughs> well, direct your question to your mic, not me. <laughs> okay. Have you got all your bulbs planted? Because that would be a good idea to get them done soon because you never know when the weather's going to turn and be ugly. And you don't want to be out there in the wind and the cold trying to get the last of the bulbs in the ground because if you're like me, you would do a very poor job of yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yet another part of that problem, yeah. And it, I don't like digging in soil all dressed up in my, my winter woolies. It's hard to lean over because all that <laughs> clothing is in the way. Yeah. And that's just not fun. That's right. And, those, right, and those mittens, they make it difficult. <laughs> they do. Nah, inside the gloves. <laughs> yeah. Or is it the other way? No, gloves inside the mittens. That's the way it works. Right. We have to take a break, folks, and get back. And we'll get back onto your phone calls. And here's the phone call number. 303-477-2473 here on Legends A10. As a gardener, you already know that happy, healthy roots translate to happy, healthy plants. Unfortunately, not all potting mixes are created equal. And without a good soil environment for healthy root growth, your houseplants, herbs, and other potted plants are sentenced to a life of hard labor, or worse. That's why all gardeners need to know about Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix the choice of professional nursery and greenhouse growers. A long-lasting, all-purpose performer, Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix has everything necessary your plants need to thrive, including slow-release humates to promote healthy roots and vibrant, vigorous plants. When you want to know which product works best, find out what the experts use. Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix. Your plants will love you for it. Ask for Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix by name at your favorite independent garden center. Jared's Garden Center. Tagawa Gardens, Wilmore Nursery, and Nick's Garden Center. Be sure and tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. And we are back, as I promised, right here on Legends 810, taking your garden questions. Indeed. Uh, what else can I talk about today? Uh, the sun came up at 651 this morning, 
And is it? Yeah, I guess it's been up for a while. 440 is the way is is the way and the time that the sun is going to go below the horizon this afternoon. Record high temperature. Yeah, I know. It's like, geez, really? We should be able to set the clock ahead or at the end of the day, every day. Every day. <laughs> so we'll feel better that the sun is going down so early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> high temperature record for the today is 72 degrees. And considering what it's been over the past two or three weeks, that doesn't seem to be out of the norm at no. all. <clears throat> record low, one degree. That happened in 1985. Hmm. That gives us a, it gives us a difference of 71 degrees between record high and record low. And, and both of those could be. I mean, it's not going to happen tonight or tomorrow, but uh, don't be surprised. It's happened before. <clears throat> we did. We've had. We we set a high eighty degree temperatures and then drops down into the single digits the same we, day. We have we have uh, we set a, a record high temperature. What was it? A week, two weeks ago, for the day record high temperature. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're still setting records, folks. Whether you call it uh, climate warming or climate change or whatever, you got to wonder what it was like back in 1985 when it was one degree. Was that climate? Relate climate change related? I don't know. No, back in the what was it? Back in the eighties, they were talking about the coming ice age. Yes, that was climate cooling coming. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and then suddenly it's warming. Yeah, Make up was, your mind. That was climate warming, and then they said, "No, it's climate change." Right. Which incorporates anything you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. We've got Carol waiting to talk to us. Uh, about uh, cutting plants and transplanting new plants and what to have for breakfast and where to go for lunch. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Hopefully you're having a good time this morning. So far. Sounds like it. <laughs> I, have, I do have a, a couple questions. I have done Super Junior Vista cuttings, and I have uh, 120 of them. Oh, it's this Carol. Okay, now I know who we're talking about. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that one. <laughs> yeah, you're that one. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're currently in a mix of vermiculite and perlite. I think that's Jim's favorite. And they're they're rooting really well. Okay. And I'm going to have to transplant them pretty pretty soon. And I want to know what is the so I don't have to do this more than once. What's the largest size pot I can transplant them at the point that they're ready? Um, and I don't want to have to do it again if I, you know, make this a one-step process. Yeah, so I, I don't go to a, you know, a little one and then a bigger one. Um, I was just about to say what I do is exactly what you don't want to do. I typically will take okay. those rooted cuttings and put them into something like two-inch pots. Okay. And and. For a number of reasons. One is that uh, they don't take up much room <clears throat> in two-inch pots, more so than they were in where you have them now. And also, you're probably going to lose some along the way. And I'd rather yeah, lose a little two-inch pot than I would putting them up into a six-inch pot. Well, I was thinking four. <clears throat> a four-inch would work. Yeah, that would work. Uh, I'm just trying to think, is that going to be big enough for your final pot, though? Probably not. Unless it's a Probably deep not. four. It might be a deep four would work. Yeah. But 
Okay. You have to be careful. The, one of the reasons that we usually recommend potting them up uh, incrementally as they get larger is you take a small cutting and you stick it in a six or an eight inch pot. That pot is going to stay wet for a long time. Yeah, once you water it. And, and, okay. and that just encourages root rot. Okay. So that's why it's okay. a good idea to start with, you know, just don't overpot them. Now, in the, in the greenhouse situation, professional growers can go from a cutting, but then they'll put three or four or five plants in a six or eight inch pot. Oh, then you've got to take them out. And, and then, yeah. And, yeah, that's a pain. Um, well, I've then they that, fill up that pot. Yeah, they fill up that pot pretty fast. And uh, which is part of the plan so that they get into blooming <clears throat> uh, relatively quickly, all things being relative, and are saleable relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, then okay. you are stuck with, and I'll use the word stuck with, a six or eight inch pot with six or seven cuttings in it, which quickly overgrow that entire pot. Yeah. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. I do, I do what Jim does. I, I will go from a cutting to like a three inch pot. And then from a three-inch pot, I'll go to a four-inch and then up to a six-inch if I have to. But I try not to go bigger okay. than a six-inch. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see what, what is available right now that I can do that. I think it's going to be another two, two weeks. Um, I planted them in early October. So um, they're, you know, they're early to mid-October. I, I did two different trays. There's a little, um, the little, um, oh, black trays mm-hmm. with the, yeah, you know, with the holes in them. Okay, and when I transplant them, do I need to cover them for a while with that big dome? That kind of depends on your growing conditions. If you have a very, very dry house and you're not really very attentive on water and paying really close attention, um, I would perhaps recommend just taking a sheet of uh, clear plastic and just draping it over the top of the okay. new, newly planted cuttings or and that's you, usually enough okay. if you do use a dome maybe prop it up off the top of yep. them so that there's good air circulation okay. okay these domes have some little a little slide to open it to let air in but that's not yeah, under, no, yeah that may not may not level. be enough it de- yeah, really, really depends on your conditions okay. yeah the air has to come in from <laughs> somewhere so if, if it's sealed around the bottom and you just have the little opening at the top not much air exchanges that You've got to have a way for the air to come in from the bottom to go up through that hole in the top. Yep. Well, the draped plastic sounds like a good idea. Now, one thing I was going to suggest, since they're rooting out now, and you've got them in perlite and vermiculite, which has absolutely no nutrient value, I would, uh, if if you're not already fertilizing them, I would start feeding them. My husband uh, puts the 2020-20 fertilizer diluted into the water every watering. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Jo- good job. And he's been doing that. So now, how many cuttings yeah, did you? How many cuttings have you rooted? 120. Okay. <laughs> uh, depending on what size pot you're going to put those up into, do you have the room to grow 120 plants? She's done it before. I, I have. Okay. I did 100. I did 140. Four last year, I did a 72 and a 48 tray, and this year I've got a 72 and a. I did two 72s last year. Okay. And this year I've got a 72. Well, and here's 40. another way you might want to look at it if you if you think you're going to run out of room or or you don't have the time to to, to monkey around with this whole setup is to grow only a couple 
and let them get big throughout the winter, and then next spring take your cuttings off of them. Oh, okay, all right. That's a, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, we have we have those Home Depot white um, shelving that we used last year mm-hmm. to put them in front of the window once they got once we transplanted them, and uh, we we were able to have room on that. It's uh, it's up to it. You can add as many as you want. There could be four shelves, and and we wound up with um, using three of those shelves. Okay, in do, front of our, uh, and do you take your trays or your pots then in? <clears throat> move them front to back and vice versa periodically? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. I remember the picture you showed me of the um, yes. the final product out in the landscape, uh-huh. and it was stunning. It. Thank you. It really is. And and I was thinking <clears throat> of changing this year, and your comment to me when you saw it, saw it was, do this again. Something you might do when you put them out is count out the number of plants you put out there and then uh, take a tally Um, of that and then go to the garden center and see how much money you saved by growing your own. um, The the cheapest I can find these is $6. And that's at Home Depot, and I'm not fond of buying plants at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. And you know what what the price of plants are at Tagawa. Oh, I know. um, Well, not just Tagawa, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And I used 90 plants in that in that um, pl- um, bed that you saw, Keith. Okay, so, so, so 90 plants times 40 times what? How much per? Six. Six dollars times 90, $540 yeah. you saved. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and think about how much uh, enjoyment you got doing yeah. that, too. And put, oh, a, and it, put a price it, on that. It's been great, and the neighbors that walk by are, you know, very complimentary, and and we've really enjoyed it because it's it's quite a show. Yeah, well, um, when I, next well, time your neighbors the, next time your neighbors walk by, just point at them and say free. <laughs> well, <laughs> in a and sense, I use the I use the rest of the plants in the backyard and pots and in the yard. So we had a lot of bubblegum petunias last year. So that's I a good one. Quite as many. It's a good variety. It is. And you're going to recycle all those pots? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Use them again this year? Um, No. What did I do with them? Um, I I did them in the recycling because I was concerned about having any kind of... In the past, I've had some issues with tomato plants with viruses and such. Yeah. So I just... um, you know, recycled them because I didn't, not by not, I'm not using them. I will get new ones this year. I don't want to take a chance on any kind of bug or virus or yeah, anything. You can wash, if they're that. sturdy pots, you can wash them up in a bleach solution and get rid of any viruses and bacteria and bugs and stuff. Okay, well, I, I've already gotten rid of them, so I'll have to okay. get new ones, but I'll think of that yeah. in the future. Just a couple more questions, and then I'll let you guys go. Oh, and by the way, we have some, we have a, my husband bought a, it's it's a plant light, and it's it's kind of like a desk plant that he's been putting on them 24 hours a day, and I don't, you know, they've grown really well, so it may or may not help them, but do we turn that off at night? You or can. We, you know. You can give them a 12 or 12 or 14 hour day, or that is a 12 or okay. 14 hour um, illumination with the lamps. Because I, I know we're not, you know, I know it's not like the tubes that you guys recommend, mm-hmm. the four foot tubes and such, but this is on my kitchen table, so it works better to have this 
little lamp that we're doing. Yeah, there are some plants. Some plants will actually grow a lot better uh, with 24-hour light. Uh, and other plants. Well, these have grown really well. Yeah, and other plants need a need a dark session. Okay. But it sounds like well, uh, think... you've discovered which one will grow well with 24 hours lights. It yeah, it does. Um, okay, let's see. And yes, we are uh, fertilizing with a diluted 202020. Mm-hmm. It's that Jackson's, mm-hmm. the Jackson's grand boy. Yeah. So that's what we're using. Yeah, okay. I, I um, use a 20-20-20 as well. The one I use is Fertilome, uh, but either one of them will work just fine. And I, how, how diluted? I, I go about a quarter strength. How diluted do you go? Do you know? I think he's going a half, but I'll have him, at the, I'll have him do quarter. It doesn't matter. I mean, if it's doing well for you, don't change it. Okay. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's, he's kind of the one to, to water those, thank goodness. Because <laughs> I do everything else with them, and I will be the one, you know, with the later care of them. Okay, next question is, um, I bark mulch, We uh, and I think I may, I want to use either very, very fine bark mulch or or the gorilla type, because I don't want the large chunks, and I want to put mm-hmm. in my, my backyard flower bed, which has perennials and roses and and some of the super juniors got put there too, but it's primarily roses and super and uh, um, perennials. Can I put that down this fall, or would it be better to wait? I'm I'm looking for weed control. Yeah, you can you can spring. certainly put it down yeah, this you, fall. You could put it down now if you wanted to. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> Will that help with weed control? Definitely. Um, yeah, it should. Yeah. And what is I I've gone looking at. Um, like um, big tool and such, and I've asked for gorilla uh, mulch, and they look at me like I, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, it usually goes by gorilla hair. Yeah, gorilla hair. Gorilla hair is the name. It's a it's a shredded cedar mulch, and I know that I know that Nick sells it. Uh, but you might just want to call around oh, okay. to some garden centers close by, uh, maybe Wilmore. Um, if Big Toolbox okay. doesn't have it, you might check with Wilmore. Um, or Tagawas, just just check around. Uh, a lot of places carry it, and it's it's become a lot more popular in the past few years. But I, I'd say ten years ago, nobody ever heard of it. <laughs> and they may not have it this time of year. You know, if they carry it normally, they may not may not have it this this time of year. Okay, would you recommend that, or just some really small mulch? Um, for what it's worth, uh, there have been some studies done on what is the proper size of bark or, or wood chip mulch, and they c- concluded that uh, mulch of that type that's about the size of a quarter is the best. Okay. They all work, but it seems like the quarter size is the best. And one of the reasons I like the gorilla hair is it's very shredded, and so once you put it down, number one, it's very pretty. It smells great, yeah. and it holds its color. It doesn't fade to that gray color, uh, but it holds its it nice like dark that. color. And But the other thing I like about it the most, especially in windy areas or sloping areas, once you put it down and water it in, it binds together, and it really doesn't move much at that point. That would be great. That would be great because, you know, we get, we're get we on a green belt, and we get wind whipping mm-hmm. through here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot. So yeah. it'd be nice if I could put it down and it would stay there. Yeah, as opposed so. to, say, that flaky bark stuff, which sometimes it just catches in the wind like a sail and just takes yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll look for that. Last question. Um, I purchased composted manure at Ace mm-hmm. for the last couple of years, and I use it in my flower beds, in that big one that you saw, uh, Keith, and it's done really, really well. And I have some of it left over, and I'm wondering if I can, can I put that, I have uh, 20 of the 20, of the large 20-inch pots, and I'm going to take out five or six inches of the topsoil. Can I put a couple inches of that in there before, you know, like now and no, then later in the spring? I wouldn't. Okay. No, if you're gonna if you're gonna incorporate something like that, you'll need to dump the pot out, mix it with the soil, and then put it back. Don't just layer it on top. But I I really discourage people from fiddling with the composition of a potting mix. I mean, okay. they're they're very scientifically formulated anymore, and you start adding things to it and changing this or that, and then it changes the porosity and the pH and all uh, you know a number of things that have been designed okay. for use in containers and and you can throw things off uh, and 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 not get the benefit that you think you're going to get okay then i won't do that i'll just save those bags to put on the front yard next year yeah so okay all right well i then I, but i do need to take about 5 or 6 inches of that soil out and then it I'm going to do it now, and then in the spring, I'll put the the new stuff in. Well, like I said, I would recommend dumping the pots completely. And, you know, maybe take the top out if you want to, but um, dumping the entire pot and fluffing that whole volume of soil before you put it back into the container. Because over the summer, it compresses. And so you might have some nice new soil at the top, but the lower stuff is still tight and compacted and not enough oxygen in it and it doesn't drain as well um it's it's you'll find that the results are much better if you just dump the whole thing out onto a big tarp fluff it all up and then put it back in the pot you're making a lot of work for me keith sorry it's it's a good it's good exercise (laughs) okay that's fine i have 20 of those pots that range between 18 and 24 inches so it'll it'll be a little bit of work there. Well, you don't have to. You don't time. have to do it all on the same day. Right, you're right. And besides, okay. you you have a husband. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now there is a limit as to how much oh, gardening sure. he's going to do. <laughs> there you go. He, he's my he's my lawn man. He likes okay. to do the lawn. But make sure that when you do that, that he's around. I mean, physically close by, and he'll see you grunting and groaning. He'll say. Stand by, stand by. I'll, I'll do that for you. I'll do the way the way I look at it is, if if I had twenty pots to do, I break it down into smaller jobs. I'll do two a day, and in ten days it'll be done. Good, good idea. Good idea. Okay, I can do that. All right. Thank you so much. You guys are always just full of good information that I appreciate very much. And have a good day and happy Thanksgiving. Happy right, Thanksgiving you well. to you too. And with that, we're going to take a short break here on uh, Legends 810. Whether it's a family Thanksgiving or a Friendsgiving celebration, flowers are the finishing touch. Give thanks to all the special people in your life. Sending flowers is a meaningful gesture that will be remembered for years to come. 
make memories, and make flowers part of your holiday tradition. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we deliver your sentiments locally and around the world. It's easy to send flowers. Check out our website for beautiful choices. Order online at lafayetteflorist.com. Call and speak to one of our floral experts or stop by. We're open daily. Come check us out. Lafayette Florist is a tropical greenhouse filled with indoor plants, succulents, and pottery. Browse through two floors of holiday decorated and gift showrooms. Visit our walk-in cooler for a pre-made bouquet, a custom-designed bouquet, and buckets of fresh-cut flowers to choose your own creation. We're your one-stop holiday shopping spot. Bring your shopping list and we'll help you knock it out. Visit Boulder County's premier florist and garden center, Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Family-owned and celebrating over 70 years in business. For more information, visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com or call us at 303-665-5555. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back taking your phone calls at the following phone number, 303-477-2473. That's a good number to learn. It is. I haven't memorized it yet. I haven't either. But it's sitting right there in front of me on the wall. So yeah. That's where I look to find it. And that, that's what our listeners can do is print it out on a piece of paper and tape it to the wall or the refrigerator. Well, you know they got these tattoo parlors all over the place yeah. now. Or the back of your significant other's head. Oh. <laughs> or on his or her forehead. There you go. <laughs> what are you looking at, hon? <laughs> Those deep-set lagoon eyes or... Oh, no, it's a phone number. All right, and uh, Dan did that <clears throat> out in Arvada. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise guys. Good morning, men. Thanks Good morning. Thanks for getting up early to take our questions. Well, you're welcome. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle. I understand that. I have questions about two different kinds of trees. First, Jonathan apple trees. I have two of them, one in the front yard, one in the backyard. And incidentally, they're about 40 years old, and they were loaded this year. Yeah, it's a good oh, yeah. year for apples, yep. I And the squirrels couldn't keep up with them. <laughs> good. But the grass under them seems to thin out in two or three or four years. I keep replanting, comes in great, and then it thins out. Why do you think that is? Just I was wondering if it dripped poison. <laughs> don't eat those apples. Please don't <laughs> eat those apples. <laughs> My wife loves them. All right, take another guess. I have no idea. Well, doesn't your, don't your apple trees provide a, a tremendous amount of shade? Yeah. Yeah like more than in the other trees yeah well that's probably the reason and then you have all those roots of the apple tree many of which are not very deep in the ground that could be yep but i don't get any shoots from them well I, good my, my recommendation would be to forget about the grass 
kill the grass and just put bark around there. Enjoy the apple tree and grass later, huh? Yeah. Well, grass outside the apple tree. Or you yeah. could you could plant something like vinca vine or some other kind of ground cover there that you wouldn't have to mow, but would like a, a shady location like that. Okay. You still have to water. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to water the apple tree. I mean, to get good apples, you need water. Well, if you like Jonathan's, they're good. They are. Especially after a frost or two. My, my son makes apple pies from them. Yeah. Okay, second tree. I got an ornamental pear in the front yard out oh. by the sidewalk. Sure. All the trees in the neighborhood are bare except the ornamental pear. It is in full glory. Bright orange and burgundy leaves. Do you know of any other ornamental pears in your neighborhood? No. Well, they're there, or maybe they're not there. Um, they are late in, in dropping their leaves and turning color. That's that that's just normal. A, that's yeah. the nature of the beast. It is glorious. Yes, they are pretty. My question is, oh, it started out as five trunks, and the heavy late leaves caught snow and pulled down three of the trunks. Yep. I'm down to two. Yep. <clears throat> it's I love raking those beautiful burgundy leaves. Yeah. But my question is, a couple, three years ago, bark started cracking and peeling off. That just means it's an older tree. Yeah, and it comes off in chunks about the size of a slice of bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, it's getting a lot of bare spots. Should, should I start writing its funeral program? <laughs> no. No, that's... Uh, as, as those trees get older and, and the bark gets more mature, you do it does flake off. And, and for the most part, that's natural. Unless you can see the interior wood, uh, that's not natural. Not yet. I can't see that. Yeah, so it's, I wouldn't worry too much about it. That uh, sounds like a normal process that's going on. And it'll survive for several more years? Well, well let's hope so. Well, barring unless, any, unless all the other limbs fall down from snow, too. Mm-hmm. I got them chained together so they can't split. Yeah, so you just hope a beaver doesn't come through or something like that. <laughs> okay, man, thank you. Enjoy your show. Well, thank you for calling this morning, Dan. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And you too. All righty. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, those ornamental pears that most people, unfortunately, call Bradford pears, and the older ones probably are Bradford pears. If they haven't snapped off yeah. at the graft by now. Yeah, the Bradford part of that uh, is a it's a... It's a selection called Bradford. The name of the pear tree is Calorie Pear. But there are all kinds of selections now. Yep. I think one of the most popular is Chanticleer. And right probably now. the worst one is Bradford Pear. Worst one, yeah. They had some graft incompatibilities they didn't know about back in the day. Yeah. Yep. And they found out that the, you know, the trees were getting up to size and getting some age to them and then suddenly would just snap off at ground level at the graft uh, in a windstorm. So they had to, and they had to it, rethink their, their <laughs> grafting procedure. And, and the only way they would have known that is to grow them somewhere for 30 or 40 years. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to be testing a tree. It is. And thank, good, thank goodness it wasn't a cottonwood that was 80 feet tall. At the time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't think any of that. Well, I was going to say, some of those might be grafted. I don't know why you'd do that. but You know, root them out. Really. I was going to say that lady that called in and one of our callers that called in about the, the red twig dogwood. Yep. 
producing suckers and she wanted to transplant them wouldn't an easier way way would be to take some hardwood cuttings right now and stick them in the ground and see you, how many you of them could certainly out? cut that uh, cut that you can certainly try that you take eight about six to eight inch long cuttings you have a nice area that's worked up like your vegetable garden and uh, what I, I just did a whole bunch of this i took a piece of reinforcing iron Rebar? Rebar. They know that as. Yes. <laughs> and because the soil had all been worked up, it was really nice and soft, and I had it well watered in, I just stuck that into the ground and made lots and lots of holes Uh huh. and took my cuttings that were six to eight inches long and pushed them into the holes, bottom side down, which you have to make sure you, yeah. you, 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 or, you pay or, attention. Or right when, side you, up. Or right side up. <laughs> you have to make sure that when you cut your cuttings that they're all in the same you got all the tops in one area and all the to- all the bottoms on the opposite end. Anyway, stick them into the <laughs> ground. <laughs> I think that's the way that works. Until there's only one bud above ground. Mm-hmm. And then water them in or push the soil around around the hole. And then uh, kind of walk away. Make sure you keep it moist over the winter, though. Yeah. And they, they won't all root out. No. But if you get 20% of them to root out and you've done, yep. you know, 100 cuttings or whatever... Um, you've got a lot of plants. You do. And then you can move them around once they've rooted in and started growing. Mm -hmm. And you can do this with a lot of plants, forsythia and any of the willows. um, What else? Cottonwoods. Cottonwoods, yeah. Well, yeah. Not sure why you do that, but (laughs) cottonwoods. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you can do that. They're called hardwood cuttings Yeah. because you're using mature hardwood. Mm Mm-hmm rather than the floppy soft stuff that grows during the summer. Yeah, and you make your cutting so that the bottom cut is right next to what we call a node where there's a bud on that on that stick. Mm-hmm. And just push them into the soil and keep it moist over the winter. It probably mulch them in, which I'm going to do here. If I get around to it today. And then uh, next spring you can start digging them up and see which ones worked and which ones didn't. I think I'd wait until they start leafing out. Yeah, could do that. And that way, would, that would tell you really quickly that way. Yep. I've succeeded in this before. Of course, I haven't done this in 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> I did it with a bunch of things. that I have, I have no expectation that it's going to work. Right. But I don't know. And I don't know anybody else who's ever tried. So. Well, you can do it with grapes, too, by the way. Yeah, I, do. I did two grapes. I expect them to work. I've yeah. done that before. So try it. And then we had uh, the caller, Carol, with her bubblegum vista petunias. And, and you mentioned, you know, <coughs> grow, some, grow just a few big ones yeah. through the winter and then take your cuttings in the spring. And I learned the hard way. I should have figured this out myself, <laughs> but I learned the hard way with coleus. Uh, I took lots of cuttings last year. Because you wanted lots next spring. Uh-huh. Well, they got really big <laughs> over the winter. It took up a lot of space. So this year, I only got two pots of each variety. And I'll put them up. They're in four-inch pots now. Um, maybe in, in a month or two, I'll put them up into six-inch pots. And then by February, March, they'll have plenty of growth on them to take cuttings from for yep. my next spring stock of plants. I was going to say, I thought you were going to go in the direction of the petunia. You might try taking cuttings of the petunia, too. It's like three or four inch petunia. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want petunias. I want, that's a lady that called had oh. bubblegum petunias. Okay. You might be able to take cuttings off of them. A little late now, I would suspect, but you cut all the flowers off. You take a cutting that's three or four inches long and treat them just like she did with her. What did she have her impatience? No, she was. She had petunias. Carol had petunias. Now, Pat is another caller from Arvada that did impatience. Impatience. Which one? Which caller did we have earlier today? Petunias. Oh, she did petunias? Uh-huh. I thought you were talking about impatience. No. Oh. Bubblegum. Well, she did mention that she had a bubblegum. Yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, you can do both people. Catch up now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, it's that turning the clock. Back, I'm sure. I'm sure that's I'm st- it. I'm still operating on <laughs> last hour. <laughs> but right now with the coleus, I mean, they're growing like weeds, and I've just got to keep pinching them back, and it just makes them nice and bushy yeah. so that I will get lots, lots of cutting lots material of yep. Yeah. later on. And they don't take up as much space. Though. Do they bloom? Well, I've got them under long days. I've got them under 14-hour days. So, okay. so far, they haven't been blooming. I've noticed that coleus have a tendency outside to start blooming in late summer mm-hmm. or, uh, when the days are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want them to bloom because that doesn't produce good cutting no. material. No, it doesn't. So I want them to keep them vegetative. Yeah. So people, if you're doing coleus cuttings and if they start blooming, you pinch the blooms out, but consider uh, putting some lights on them so that the day length is longer than what it is normally outside yeah at least 14 hours in fact i have that number here i don't have the number i have to do some math uh-oh seven o'clock this will take a while five o'clock that's like 12 hours i think yeah no not <laughs> 12 hours <laughs> <What am> I, <laughs> gotta carry the four i, I do I carry the seven is my problem oh okay. uh 440 make that five o'clock at night and make it 7 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock at night till 7 in the morning. That's uh, 14 hours. 14 hours. So that makes the day length 10 Tw- hours. 10 hours. Yeah. Oh, boy. I can't do Do you need a nap now? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> There's smoke coming out of my ears. <laughs> I smell something. <laughs> I showered. Jeepers. Come on, Keith. Oh, well. <coughs> yeah, so we've got a 10-hour day right now. That's a short day. Yeah, that's a, what we call a short day. And it, it's going to get even shorter. And that makes a long night, which some plants like for blooming, mm-hmm. by the way. Exactly. And then some plants, especially tropicals, uh, that are, originate from close to the equator, you know, they don't have a short day-long night ever. They're, they have pretty much steady 12-hour days. Mm-hmm. So they won't respond to a short day, typically. Some do. It's kind of curious. That e- even the little difference there is mm-hmm. um, from one month to the next, some of them do react to that. And some plants react to the opposite. They have to have a long day. Yes. Of at least 14 hours. In order 12 to, to 14 hours. When, when we talk about short day and long day, we're referring to the bloom. Hmm? Hmm? Yes. Yes. <laughs> long day plants <laughs> have to have a long day to, in order to bloom. To bloom, yes. And vice versa for short day, like poinsettias. Yeah, there's, there's chemical reactions that go on in the yeah. leaves or the foliage. Which are leaves. <laughs> Those are the leaves? <laughs> I heard that before. All right, we have to get out of here and make room for us again. <laughs> Did you know we're coming back here just a little bit? But in the meantime, you're going to get just a little bit of information. Uh, and we've got, got everybody laughing here now. Shapers, creepers. <laughs> Sean, can you continue doing your job in there? 
<laughs> no okay. promises. <laughs> All right. We'll be back right after this, folks, on Legends 810.